You are listening to Dad Bods Podcast. Enjoy and remember to always cash tickets. Welcome, everybody, to episode seven of Dad Bods. It's August 27th. And boy, oh boy, what a night. What a night last night with uh, the NBA going away. The NBA has continuously been the league that makes moves, usually for the better. Man, what a, what a crazy, just what a crazy, obviously crazy year, but just what, a, what an insane like turn of events, right? I mean, I was so excited for that Oklahoma City game coming on it, you know, right around dinner time here and here in Oklahoma. And then, you know, the Bucks decide to boycott and then it all kind of rolls downhill. And uh, before you know it, we have no NBA today, no NBA yesterday. Um, and I just, I feel like. Yeah, I really had flashbacks to that moment when Rudy Gobert and the Jazz had to leave the floor. And another. the next thing you know, it's the, it's the domino effect, right? And that's what it felt like last well, night. Well, another domino effect. effect. And kind of involved Thunder as well. I, and we, we've chatted at nauseam about this, right? I mean, with other groups and um, internally with chats and text message threads. And I think, you know, looking back on it now, I think they probably did do the right thing. You had to do something. Um, and people are always going to disagree with whatever somebody does. Right. So exactly. I think they did the right thing. Don't you? Yeah. I think it's a bit of a hot button topic. You know, we live in a Mm -hmm. bit of cancel culture. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of that skews a little too far negative, but I think really what you're going to see is what needs to happen is it's what happens next, what the NBA does next or what some of the other leagues do next. I think it was enough of an attention grab, um, you know, get some of the focus out there, continues the conversation, which obviously needs to continue happening. And then I think you build from here. Hopefully these guys do use their voice and their platform in, in a positive way. And that springboards to others. Yeah. And LeBron's been getting a lot of heat because I think some stuff kind of came out about him being mad that he wasn't involved in the decision that the Bucks made. Right. So that is a little, to me, that, that kind of steers away from the point because it's, you know, LeBron doesn't need to be involved in that. It's their own decision, well, right? LeBron thinks he runs their, the league. It affected he their He has community. commissioner in his title. I don't know if you knew that. I know. Well, he does run the league if you see some of the freaking foul calls he gets. But, <laughs> but I mean, but, you know, he did, he did have a good tweet he put together about an hour ago um, about, you know, saying that change doesn't happen with just talk. Um, you know, he has right. that school where he's kind of helping to make, you know, make a change. And I think that's where it starts. And he is right. I mean, that's where it starts. It starts at home. It starts at school. It starts when they're, when kids are young and it starts with parents. So yeah, then bringing an attention to that, I think holds more value than boycotting, but if boycotting helps them bring attention to that, I get it. Um, yeah. And, and I also, no, I, I, mean, I, I get both sides. I mean, I was mad yesterday. I mean, I was just, and I think once I kind of sat back and, and reflected a little bit, I think the reason why I was mad was just because I had um, like a trigger that all sports were going to be gone again. Like, right. You know, like the COVID thing when that, when everything just kind of started canceling, you know, every day a new sport, a new event canceled and it just kind of all came to a stop. 
And I think yeah, you, and I that's think last I, night you had MLB went down mm-hmm. shortly thereafter with the mm-hmm. Brewers and then two or three other games on the West Coast to some of the later games and then yeah. the MLS. I don't know how large the MLS slate slate was, but they ended up shifting a few. Right. So it's hard to it's hard to separate the issue versus the sports because usually when you protest a game, it's not based off of a society issue. It's based off of something you're mad about with ownership or the league that you play in. Right, or we're used to holdouts because that's been in the right, or it's a age. money, or it's a money exactly. issue. So this exactly. is just, well, this, this is a money issue to some degree. I mean, well, and this is kind of, I mean, this is new for everybody. So I think everybody yeah. just needs to stop jumping each other's ass about it. Everybody's kind of thinking and doing the same thing. That everybody has the same goal. Well, I think one um, of the favorite, it might have, it was either Woj or Shams. I feel like those guys are inside, like, you know, MI six, 007 style, hanging from the ceiling with all the stuff they get Intel on and are tweeting mm-hmm. out as these meetings are happening. But, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, one of the favorite ones and I can't give credit cause I, I forget which one it was, but one of the two tweeted that Jalen Brown had a pretty good reaction to like some of that LeBron. Yeah. Feedback yeah, yeah. And some of the stuff about the box. And he's honestly, he's been one guy and I've heard this on other podcasts. And I, I've read a little bit about it, but I know he drove into one of the cities, I think where he was from, yeah. To, to join some of the peaceful protests and lead yeah. some of them. He's gotten in front of mics before. I mean, he's a young dude. And for him to stand up and be able to say, like, look, I don't care that I didn't know what the Bucks did because what the Bucks did was right. Um, in front of all those veterans, in front of all those guys, including LeBron and the other shit that was being said in the room, I think, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's going to be a future leader, whether it's at the Celtics or somebody else. I mean, he, he's he's got his head screwed on straight. He's very mature. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. I think, you know, I think what they did was right. I think coming back to play is also right. Which really is breaking like... news on ESPN.com right now. NBA players decide to resume playoffs. Yeah, so they will resume playoffs Friday. Tomorrow, so I think. Most yeah. likely when, when, when everybody is listening to this, hopefully you're watching some playoff games as well. Um, yeah, and yeah, so, it's a healthy so, distraction. It's it's a needed distraction. And, and hopefully, you know, as part of that distraction, they can still – continue to shed a light on some of the stuff. Yeah, and that's the balance. Yeah. And I hope, I hope people don't shun the league because of that. And, you know, just decide not to watch because of this, because I think, I think they did the right thing when it, when it comes down to it, it is annoying because we all wanted to watch sports, but there are bigger problems and um, nothing wrong with that at all. So. Well, two NFL teams actually uh, canceled practice, the Jets and the Packers, which right, I, I didn't Packers. realize until a little while ago. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see the Jets. Okay. So the Packers did, obviously, because yeah. they're, they're in Wisconsin, but um, the Jets. I did. can't confirm or deny if the Jets was just to protect uh, Sam Darnold from mono. It might have been the latter. And then I think a couple colleges did as well, but I can't remember who. Football teams or some yeah. other sports? Football yeah. teams. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's be honest, those. Those those kids are outspoken as well as we know with Oklahoma State and Chuba Hubbard and what he did, and so I expect some more stuff to happen on the college level that we haven't heard about yet. Um, yeah, I think that's one hundred percent fair. Those guys are definitely and hopefully they can find social media the right, and hopefully they can find the right way to do it. Yeah, it I mean, there is no right way to do it either. So. No, and that's the that's the issue. That that's the issue. One of, one of the many challenges. Oh, so I I hope everybody just takes a step back and, and realizes that we're all trying to accomplish the same thing here and uh, just play some sports and bring light to some, some stuff that's wrong. So, but let's move on. Let's Positive move on. Vibes. That's enough serious 
serious talk. Let's talk. <laughs> I mean, did you watch any of that hockey game last night? The Stars uh, Avalanche? I did. The back and forth battle. Oh, my God. So, uh, And that was one where, you know, as a casual fan, I'd love a little bit of insight from you. Like, I've been waiting for the Avs to jump in a little bit, but then yeah. talking to some of you guys, I realized how much Dallas has owned them this year, which you typically, you know, don't see in a lot of these sports, especially, you know, basketball and hockey, sometimes it's, it's matchup driven, but yep. Yep. you know, usually over that type of sample size the you know, the other teams getting one or two, I think they were like, Oh, and six or something coming in, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Yeah. I think the, uh, the Dallas had beat them six times in a row, which isn't is a little bit past the trend at that point. It's more of a matchup. It's more of a matchup yeah, problem probably absolutely. for the Avalanche. But dude, it was awesome. And a major shout out to uh, the Voltron chat, which we were both in on Twitter. And those guys That was a fun one. Oh my God, they had that game pegged perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, DC, uh Dean, Smitty, um, uh, a couple of those guys just Now was Jay was Jay chiming in? He, I don't know if he ever chimed in. Yeah, he was. He was probably too busy. I know he got called out, but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but man, um, they they had that game pegged from the you know after the first period. You know, get that second period over was so easy. I mean, I think that happened in the first five minutes, and then we just kept five betting that over because yeah, and it just kept growing. It just kept growing, and it was almost like watching a freaking video game. Like it was, yeah, it was awesome. You could have got some of those at plus money late in the game, right? Oh, man. And playoff hockey is just. Well, I was kicking myself because I I did live bet the money line. I think it was right after they scored to tie it. So I I was probably a little, uh, I was a tad late. um, So I got it at like 140 ish. um, For Colorado? Yeah, I think a little worse than the free game. That's a better line than I saw after the first period. I saw plus 125. So. Really? Yeah. 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 So it was, it was a little, you know, out up there, but then I was kicking myself cause I, I stared at the puck line and I was like, Oh, plus two forty. <laughs> mm. But I, I was just, it's too much uncertainty, you know, it's too much. And, and maybe the way to hot, maybe the way to bet these games is live. And I, I never really bet a bunch of live hockey cause you really have to be tuned in. You really have to right. be watching that game right. to know. Cause most of the time you bet between periods, not necessarily in game. So, yeah, well, I think one thing one thing with live you got to watch is if you're watching it, that helps. Um, mm-hmm. But you really got to you got to bet it at stoppages, whether that's a timeout in basketball or you yeah. know period end in yeah. hockey or a quarter end in in uh, you know basketball. I don't I don't think people people underestimate what that delay can do sometimes. But you know, man, that and, was fun. That was fun, and I encourage everybody to start watching a little hockey if you haven't, because it's it's a blast. It's just a blast. Who do you still like? Going forward, has anything changed for you in your landscape or what, what you think these teams can do? I, I'm glad the Avalanche won. The Islanders are really a surprise. Um, I think. And they're uh, coming off a loss, right? They're, so yeah, now they're, I think, two, I they're think up Phillip, two one. I think Philip um, at Punisher Edge was on. Uh, remember, he was on with us before the playoffs started. And he, he liked the. Remember, he liked the Flyers as a real dark horse. And yep. keep in mind, this was before they won their round robin, became a one seed. Right, this was before um, any game kicked yeah, off. Yeah, before any game kicked off, and he really liked the Flyers, but I mean, he also liked the Capitals versus the Islanders too, and that just right. that didn't work out. But um, I don't, I, I didn't expect the Islanders to sweep the Capitals. That's for darn sure. <laughs> um, yeah, but, it'll be man, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, so that it's been a lot of fun, and we've got um, NBA coming back Friday. We've got college football in 
10 days, 12 days. Uh, I think actually, I think there might be some games Saturday. Yeah. I was going to say they might be even sooner. Cause you got, you got NFL in yeah. two weeks to and usually they're before the pros, unless they delayed anything. Yeah. And the weirdest thing to me real quick on college football is going to be the rankings because right. you're, you're only going to have these four conferences being ranked. I think the American. And did that screw up some of the out-of-conference schedules? Because I know all these teams play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they're just not even. Yeah, they're not even. They're just not bothering. Not even bothering. Yeah, so we have, it looks like Thursday, September 3rd is our first games. Yeah, so um, you're a week out. Yeah, yeah, a week out. And then you're two Central weeks Arkansas from. Arkansas at UAB. It's, Love it. Uh, it'll be showing on ESPN three. You got to think. I think I just bet the over. I just decided I'm betting the over. Come on, put that put that on real TV. Don't make people. <laughs> What's it on? ESPN True TV. TV. ESPN three. The Ocho. <laughs> um, and then you got real. You got you got real matchups starting. Um, you know that Saturday, September fifth, is that is, is wild. That doesn't feel like I'm not ready for that. No, I'm not. And you got the American basically starting the September 5th. And then you yeah. have the rest of uh, the rest of the stuff starting thereafter. Uh, Big 12, wow. ACC, ACC. Um, well, Saturday, I'm glad they're the going to take a, take a swing at it. It'll be yeah. good. To so have. It'll be, it'll be interesting. And then, so we got that coming up and we'll chat more about that in the coming weeks, but, and then we have football in a we, uh, what, two, two weeks. weeks from today. Yeah. They kick off on the 10th. Um, and then games that Sunday, the 13th. And I know you're a huge NFL guy, so you're probably really looking forward to that. I, I'm an NFL guy as well, but you're more of the of the gambling NFL guy. I'm more of the fantasy NFL guy. So, yeah, I enjoy the contest. Uh, admittedly, I haven't gotten into daily fantasy, which is something we're going to touch on a little bit more later on. I, I've done my fair share of standard leagues, um, but I really do enjoy you know, Sundays and sitting back and I think we're both Cowboys fans, which everyone loves to hate on. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what those guys do this year, too. Yeah, I think they have a really good chance. A really good chance. I hope uh, so. I hope the Dak contract BS doesn't loom too too far. I mean, he he seems to be able to put a lot of stuff behind him, and they've been making some splash signings. So yeah, sometimes you, know, we'll you sometimes you say. play better. Sometimes you play a little bit better in those situations. He'll definitely be motivated. That's for sure. What do you think in regards to them signing Earl Thomas? Is there any, is there any truth to that since he got I, cut from Baltimore? I think so because if it's anything Jerry wants and is interested in, and wants I mean, he's wanted him for a while, right? For for a long time. I mean, what was it, 2017? I think he said in an interview or on the sidelines or twice. He's like, "Come, Come get, get me. me." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't. So I, I think kept the thinking they were going to go get him, but so I think the feeling is mutual, which is cool. Uh, yeah, be a great look, what ad. I what I love. I think he'd be a great ad in the back. Uh, you know, in the depth of that secondary, they need help. I think he's a good mm-hmm. veteran presence. It's hard for me to sit here and say he's good leadership type, because I don't know what the hell he just did in Baltimore, um, you know, <laughs> punching somebody out. But, you know, before that, obviously he he's, you know, he's got league experience. Does that help with, you know, some yeah, of the guys, some of the younger guys went, in that defense he went, maybe went to Texas. He lives in Texas. Um, he does questionable things in Texas though, obviously with his brother. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh man, how do you forget about that? Uh, I I blacked it out. Yeah, that's probably smart. But man, yeah. So we have the NFL coming up, and and uh, I'm excited to chat 
for NFL here in a minute with with your boys. So yes, yeah, so that's what we're going to bring in two fantasy football guru, gurus. Um, you know, they they're in on the daily. They um, will let these guys intro it and get into it, but I think they do a great job, especially uh, you know during Saturdays and Sundays during the year. You can find them on Twitter. Um, usually doing some live videos and some content to bring you picks and matchups and analyses. So, you know, we're excited to, to, to bring in on our guests. And uh, before we do that, we'll do a quick word from our sponsor. Ladies, fellas, degenerates, if you like point spreads, money lines, always unders, and everything in between. Well, then pour yourself a nightcap. Cozy up with that special someone. And go check out Gunspigs on Twitter. That's right, Gunspigs. For all your sports needs MLB, NBA, college basketball, college football, and NFL. That's right, Guns Picks. G-U-N-Z-P-I-C-K-S. Oh, yes, Guns Picks. Where winners are made, and we always get paid. What's up, everybody? The Dad Bods are back, and we're here with our special guest, Two Bros. Ready to talk about football, the host of Bros and Football, the Big Chi, and Phil Backer. Thanks for thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for having us. For having us, Mr. Latino. Uh, excited to join the pod. I know that I've won a little bit of coinage uh, listening to you guys talking about baseball. Let's do the same thing for some of your football uh, listeners. That's what we're trying to kick them out. I can't believe it's, uh, you know, Pun and I were talking about it earlier. Yeah. We're about two weeks out from NFL, a little closer on college, which is crazy. It's crazy. E playing this weekend, I think I saw. Yeah, yeah, there's some Division Two games this weekend or whatever they're called now. You got to get the warm-ups in, you know. <clears throat> yeah, got to get some overs Pun. in there. Pun's a big college guy, so I'm, I'm going to try and, you know, Gleam some information from him throughout the season. He's he's uh, Oklahoma State all the way. Us too, man. Us too. We uh, I got Ohio State Clemson rematch going on in the background right now. Uh, <laughs> Always Chase grinding. Young, Chase Young ended the season with uh, he was sackless in like his last ten or eleven quarters. Um, I, I I'm wondering if it's a big double team thing with him at Ohio State in his last few games that he played there, or if he actually um, was really worth the number two pick. I'm not really sure. He might have gone that clowny route and just not really tried. Yeah, you know, That's just kind point. of tried not to get hurt. Well, now he's coming home, right? Back in the yeah. DMV. Yeah. Tell tell us real quick, guys, a little about you guys and a little about your podcast, and uh, introduce yourself to a different audience maybe than you're used to. You could take it, Chief. So Phil uh, was my inspiration to get into radio as a whole. I've listened to him on ESPN 1300, Phil, I believe. It's been a few years now um, in Baltimore driving in, and I figured that uh, I wanted to be like him. I wanted to be on the radio, too. I didn't want to be going to my uh, crap-ass desk job. So um, I just started a podcast uh, in my kitchen, and uh, it led me to Serious Sex and Fantasy. It led me to meeting Phil, and uh, 
we realized we're two bros. We like EDM music and we like watching football. So uh, <laughs> we decided we wanted to do it. Text the boxes. Yep. And, uh, you know, from, from here, I got married last month. Phil was my best man. And uh, we're going to crush a scene tomorrow night in Baltimore. So we're, we're bros and uh, we're two guys who really do think alike in terms of a lot of football stuff, too. So it was just a, a perfect match. Although, um, I think, Phil, I might be a little bit higher on Mark Ingram this year than you are. <laughs> um, you, you like J.K. Dobbins to get more of the work, but I'm not totally there yet. So, yeah. <laughs> A lot to work out tomorrow night, then. It's going to be a big event. <laughs> yeah, so during the season, we do our DFS picks, frozen football, usually Sunday mornings, get it out in time so people can make their lineups. Um, you know, so we've been doing that for the last, I don't know, what, three years now, Chi? So, Three. I think it's more like five, six. Yeah, it's been a while. So, yeah. I mean, what are awesome. you seeing in the in the in the market? You feel like that that daily fantasy's picking up. You think it's still got room to grow? Yeah, I think it's got a lot of room to grow. I mean, obviously now with the sports betting becoming more and more legalized in states, DraftKings and FanDuel, man, with their sports books that they're mm-hmm. in these casinos, I think it's just going to continue to blow up. Um, and I think more and more people are getting in, into it. So there's a lot of money to win. And I think that's, you know, I, I think that's the way it's going to be hanging around for a while. I mean, obviously it exploded a few years ago and then they had all the legal troubles, but I think now they've kind of figured out what's going on. Now they've introduced best ball, DraftKings and FanDuel. They're doing best ball drafts right now you can do as well. So they're innovating as well as keeping what their core roots is. Which yeah, I feel like a lot of people are moving to that best ball, even for, even for like normal fantasy. Yeah, I told Chi earlier, man, I've done about – 10 to 12 best ball drafts already over the last couple months. See, I've never done one before. I'd, I'd be interested to see how those work. Do you guys think that daily fantasy is going to be a little bit better this year than last than previous years because of just the COVID stuff and guys getting injured and it's harder to play like a year long fantasy right now because you don't know, you know, how, how everybody's health is long-term. Well, I sent out our email the, the other day just to kick one off, uh, one of the leagues I'm like a commissioner on, and it was like I had to lay out what we might have right. to do, and we're going to expand some roster spots, and we're going to cut things off at a certain point if the season does get cut short. So, you know, there's certainly – you know, there, I think there's a lot of uncertainty there. Yeah, I think the enthusiasm for people is starting to pick up now. Um, cause I just think a lot of people are in a wait and see approach. And to be honest, I think a lot of people have just been lazy over the last four months. You know, they, they don't, you know, they're not just into it as much as they were if this was a normal year. So I think you're starting to see it pick up. And I personally, I've recommended to a lot of people that they should do leagues where either just DFS all season yeah. or a situation where you make a new lineup every week. Cause we know this is going to pop up. I mean, it's happening unless you're in a bubble, and the NFL is not going to be in a bubble. So there's going to be situations where Wednesday we're going to find out multiple players on a team are not going to play. The and, that will, and, that really, and that really screws you. I mean, that, there's it nothing does. you can do about that, and it's really not fair. Yeah, um, so, I mean, personally, I think every league should now have at least four um, IR spots yeah. just for COVID. Um, and, and yeah, you got you got to be creative. You got maybe add more bench spots as well. Um, hopefully, the league recognizes, hey, this is a weird situation. So if the league shuts down after eight weeks, we go off of total points or the record at that point, or people just get their money back. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be a weird year. I mean, hopefully we get through it. But you know, we see it every day. Things are changing by the minute. Yeah, I think daily fantasy is gonna be the way to go this year, long term. I just don't think. 
we're, yeah, if you do we're, 10 leagues, maybe you scale back and do six and then do a little bit more heavier on DFS. Like I'm running a baseball league right now and it's just a cluster. I mean, you just can't, you can't, you can't adjust your lineup quick enough. You can't stay on top of it, especially now with the boycotts. It's, I mean, it's literally impossible to feel the lineup. Yeah, the last lately. two days have been interesting. Jeez. <laughs> a lot going on. So as far as some daily fantasy. Add about the daily yeah, fantasy space would be that, uh, you know, the, 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 there's so many people play now and there's kind of two schools of thought. Some people say, you know, there's too much competition. I'm never going to win any of the big tournaments because there's too many people out there playing. You have to have the perfect lineup. Mm-hmm. And then there's also, you know, a lot of people, the Sharks, if you will, are not crushing it anymore. Again, for that same reason that the town, the pool is so big now that it really is anybody's game. Um, there have been incidents like the Bachelor, Bachelorette last year where they did the <laughs> max 150 lineups mm-hmm. that I think could scare people off. So there, there are some things in, in DFS, uh, people with the same lineups using these optimizers. There's a lot of things I would like to see improved in the space as well, but the popularity is, uh, is there and here to stay. Yeah. Just the, yeah, e- no, the ease I, of use. I mean, it's, it's so great. Yeah. You're on the app. It's, it's easy, but even Phil mentioned like some of these are now tied to casinos or they're in locations. I mean, yeah. if I'm in a certain state, it's easier for me to use, you know, DraftKings than other books, you know, even just betting. So that's, that's definitely out there. That's only going to grow their market share. I think they're going after influencers, which you're starting to see online a little bit more with both FanDuel and DraftKings, which is also important. So they, they definitely know what they're doing. Yeah. Cause uh, Pat McAfee just signed that deal with FanDuel. So oh, he did? I yeah, didn't see that. you're yeah. trying to reach out. I mean, you have to get new customers. That's the way they're doing it. Um, with, you know, just like anything, they're trying to bring in new users and this is one of the ways they're trying. Do you guys have? Now, do you guys use both? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. I was gonna. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm a draft. Well, it all depends, like uh, how much money I have in my account. But I, I like playing both. Um, Our show geared towards DraftKings, though, on Sunday mornings, we okay. basically um, really do talk about pricing that's more associated with DraftKings. But um, what I like about FanDuel is the pro. They have the private leagues. If you have 20 people. You can you can get your whole group in yeah, there, right? and whereas DraftKings doesn't have something like that, so that's where they have kind of the advantage. Got it. Yeah. Some, what are some of the other subtle differences? Yes, maybe that's an option for people doing those those year long leagues to yeah. just do like a group. Well, FanDuel for football is half point PPR, where DraftKings is full point PPR. Okay. Um, okay. And baseball, FanDuel, you could play catcher first baseman at the same position where. Um, DraftKings, you have to have a catcher and a first baseman. So there are a little differences. Yeah, and two pitchers for baseball, too, for DraftKings compared to one on FanDuel. So that's kind of cool. I like it how they switch it up a little bit like that Um, just because it does give you options um, that you can use either a site. So so some people are better at half-point PPR, and other people are better at full-point PPR when it comes to To me, it just seems like the DraftKings is a little more straightforward, maybe. Does that make sense? And the FanDuel is a little bit more intricate as far as the scoring. That's just what it seems to me like when I always played it. I don't know why. but Yeah, it's a little different. Um, different. I like some of the sites back in the day, they had, you could use two quarterbacks. DraftKings, you could use two quarterbacks for football, college football, which is awesome. I love yeah, that. college football DFS is really the – I, I always forget about that space. Yeah, just like four. 
Just Big 12 ACC. Oh, when you see those over-unders at like 80 on the Saturday night games, oh, my gosh, you just load up. You get both quarterbacks in the game. You stack it. Um, and Get some Big 12 action. And you just, yeah, oh. it's the best. <laughs> Let Everybody ride. else is thinking the same way, too. So, Absolutely. Or they should be. No, that's awesome. So let's get into a little bit about what you guys, and obviously you're going to cover a ton during the year, and I think we're excited to have you guys back in here throughout to talk about teams, guys, strategy. Um, you know, what do you guys like this year? Any particular, you know, new teams you're targeting, players you're, you know, high, low on, like you said. I think uh, Chi talked about what you're going to be talking about at the office tomorrow, you know, big night out. Got to figure out that Ingram versus Dobbins uh-huh. debate. So, you know, a lot on the table, but, but what do you guys see coming down the pipe with this, this season? Go ahead, Phil. Why don't you yeah. take one as you're uh, you're more ingrained in it? At the, we'll do a little not. point counterpoint. <laughs> I mean, personally, I, a lot of the value this year for me is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I think people are just forgetting how good this team is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, last year Big Ben got hurt early in the year uh, with the elbow injury. We saw injuries to James Conner. When James Conner's healthy, he is a top ten running back, and uh, he's not getting drafted that way. He's getting drafted into the third round. I would take him all day long. Obviously, people are a little sour on Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, the whole the whole team turned when Mason Rudolph was under center last year when ben, Big Ben got hurt. I think Mike Tomlin is a top two, three head coach. Um, so I think the Steelers are valued when you talk about win totals. I think they're easily over nine and a half is the win total I saw. And I think you can load up on, on all the Steelers um in fantasy i think james connor's going to finish as a rock solid rb2 juju's going to be in the back half of the wide receiver one and i think big ben's getting drafted outside the top 13 14 quarterbacks and i think he can easily slide into as a qb1 this year so steelers are a team i am targeting in most of my drafts i need a piece of that offense um it's just a matter of how my roster's uh, being constructed but uh, i love the steelers uh offense this season interesting yeah, I actually love that that move, and you touched on a few things that I think are, are key. I mean, Tomlin coming off bad years. The Steelers were actually one of my win totals last year. I thought they were going to really come out the gate with the Ben injury, and, you know, they still battled and grinded with that defense, um, but they had nobody leading the charge on, on offense. Some of those games at quarterback were a struggle to watch or look at the box score. Um, so Ben's sitting there, you know, this year at plus 350. is one of the favorites, I think, right around the same odds as Gronk for NFL comeback player of the year. So definitely another good place to look if you're high on Gronk, um, you know, maybe sprinkle a little bit on that plus 350. Um, or if you're high on Ben and Ben and the Steelers, that's definitely a good spot. Yeah. There's also a couple obvious ones I want to mention too. Uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire that everybody's been talking about um, with no Damian Williams there and the chief's most explosive offense in the NFL this is a guy that you do want to spend high draft capital on, in my opinion. That means end of the first round, early second. I'm okay with it personally. Uh, Phil, I'll get your thoughts on that too, but I'm willing to spend on Hilaire. Um, A guy that's getting a ton of love is Austin Eckler, and I like him too, obviously. He has a major opportunity there, but how good do we think the Chargers are going to be offensively, um, whether it's Tyrod Taylor or whether it's Justin Herbert under center? I, I don't, like, love the prospect of, of either one of those guys guiding the offense where they're going to be in a position where they're going to be pounding the rock. Eckler gets a lot of catches, no doubt, but I feel like the fantasy community loves him. And, and I do, too. Um, just I'm a little more – I'm. Less certain about Eckler, definitely more certain about CEH. 
Yeah, so Edwards Hilaire should catch a lot of balls with Mahomes, just kind of keeping the play alive. Um, but yeah, I like that. I like that. I just Eckler is getting it's the it's the hard knocks love. I think people see him on hard knocks. Yeah, Remi- everybody, everybody's reminded. Oh, he's he's healthy again, kind of thing. And <laughs> you saw it with the Browns last year. But um, it's yeah, hard Edwards Hilaire. That's that's hard. a pretty sharp take. I like that. Have you all been watching Hard Knocks? Yeah. It's been good. I mean, I think they're doing a good job. First time they're having two teams. I mean, they're bouncing back and forth. Um, I mean, the first episode was crazy. I mean, the first half hour was all about the protocols for COVID, which right. was nuts to see. But, um, yeah, I think they're doing a good job uh, with how they're portraying both teams. Um, yeah. Just my, my only thought on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, obviously we've all watched him just be a monster at LSU. He and the NFFC is going as the sixth running back ahead of like Derrick Henry. I mean, oh, see, it, it's a little tough. The, the <laughs> hype is there because people know, like the Chiefs running backs always produce. So I would just say, if you're investing in Clyde Edwards-Helaire, you have to back him up uh, with the other running backs, like Darrell Williams or DeAndre Washington type, just in case they, you know, Andy Reid just starts messing around and Edwards-Helaire is not going to be that stud. You at least are still invested in that backfield uh, because you are putting up a prime capital when you're drafting him in as a – he's going in the first round. So, I mean, the NFFC right now, his ADP is uh, like 12. So, you God, need to – that, that really surprises me. Well, he's I really mean, I think a lot, of people, a lot of people love, you know, the new shiny toy. I mean, right now in the last – I have it as the last two days, NFFC drafts, he is going seven overall. And you're talking about Derrick Henry's after him, Devontae Adams is after him, Joe Mixon's after him. So there's some bigger names. So you just know if you're, he's going to be either going to win your league or he's going to, you know, doom your league because you went a little boomer bust type. So if you're going after Edward Teller, I would just say invest in getting another Chiefs running back later um, just in case. Yeah, speaking of Mixon, I think he's probably overvalued, right? Do you guys think that as well? Or yeah, was last year more of a consistent picture, or, or you think he bounces back a little bit? See, the problem is right now in the NFL, all these teams have these two running backs. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them have three. I mean, sometimes three, you throw the third down back, or sometimes a little bit more receiving heavy, you know. Exactly. Very so, even though Gio Bernard's still there, I'm comfortable in saying that Joe Mixon's going to get his 13 to 15 touches a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm okay. It, it, taking him in the back half of the first round because of that. Um, where you're talking about, like, Miles Sanders, obviously he's hurt, but he's still going nine overall. Uh, and we know the Eagles don't always use one running back. So, even though they claim it's going to be different this year, but we'll see. Doug Peterson could say one thing and do another. So, I mean, I think that's my draft strategy is when I'm going high on these running backs. And she mentioned to Mark Ingram. I love Mark Ingram, and I've obviously loved the Ravens' run game, but is he going to get consistently 15 carries a game? I don't know. Now, granted, he's being drafted in the fourth, fifth round, so there's some value there because of that, uh, because I think a lot of people are worried that Dobbins is going to cut into that um, carry load. But I think you have to, if you're going to invest in a first-round pick on a running back, you need to know that he's going to get 15 touches every game. So who, so who is your, so who is your guy's – who, who are you drafting first at running back if you had your choice right now? All right, I mean, From I standard going, league perspective. Yeah, all, yeah, Chief, you want? I don't know if you have a guy you really love. 
Um, it's still going to be Saquon for me yeah. just because we know that when Saquon is healthy and he's had, you know, all offseason to – He won me a league last year, basically. So Yeah, get that ankle in shape. Um, we just know that the Giants are going to – uh, absolutely get him involved every which way possible in that offense. And, like the senior, I mean, outside of, um, you know, they don't, they don't, they're, they're Evan Ingram is somebody that I like in that offense. No doubt about it. And Sterling Shepard too, but the offense goes through Saquon. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott's high up there as well. But to me, uh, he has too many of those like clunker type games that, and, and Anthony, I know you, you you cover the Cowboys pretty, you know, extensively. I mean, you know that too. That just sometimes is Ezekiel like all the way there mentally as well. It's just a lot of unknowns for me for him to be the number one. So even though Barkley, I, we can't say that he's had injury history. I mean, that was an ankle injury that he had last year that he dealt with. He tried to maybe come back too early, but a high ankle sprain. Those things happen with running backs. Um, so Barkley would be my guy. And I guess McCaffrey is the other guy, right? Yeah, and, and, and the thing about McCaffrey that I like, obviously, too, it's just, you know, it's for me, it's a little bit more uncertainty when it comes to that offense. And, and he has taken a lot of wear and tear and a lot of carries over the years. So he's my, he's my number two there. Um, but it's still Saquon for me, number one. And, and that's probably not the industry standard, right, Phil? I mean, McCaffrey's probably going number one more so across the board. Yeah, McCaffrey's consensus. But I, I don't disagree with you, Chi. I mean, this is a totally different offense. You know, totally different quarterback now with Teddy right. Bridgewater. I mean, so just to expect him to be, again, a guy that's going to be a major impact in the receiving game, yeah, we think so, but we don't know for sure. I mean, Matt Rule, we know what he did with Baylor offense. So it, it may not be – He not likes to offense. run the ball. I mean, he likes to run the ball. Yeah, but. so I think he's going to – I personally, kind of with Chi, I like Barkley because I think the Giants offense is going to continue mm -hmm. to run through him, and he's an absolute – I think he's a more talented running back than McCaffrey. Um, but obviously you can't go wrong with either one of those. Yeah, guys. you can't go wrong. And you got Kamara sitting there too, who I guess played all last year with what an MCL strain or, or an MCL. Yeah, they was, said like week five or week six. I think he did it against Jackson. So that's a little intriguing kind of too, but you never know what the Saints, they're going to put, what's his name, that quarterback back there half the time. Man, they still have Latavius Murray yeah. that can take those goal line carries too. So personally, I would, yeah, I like, I have McCaffrey first, so I would have McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, and then I would have Michael Thomas or Dalvin Cook uh, four or five, and then Kamara six in my book. Okay, okay. Well, let's move on to wide receivers then. So, yeah, Michael Thomas has got to be your number one wide receiver then. Yeah, I love Michael Thomas, obviously. And then you can get – it's crazy. Julio Jones, you get in the second round. Uh, and obviously, Tyreek wow. and DeAndre Hopkins. I'm actually pretty high on that whole Falcons team. I think that's another offense that's uh, primed to come back, returning a lot of guys. Yeah, you know? I agree with that. That's a great point. I mean, when we get to tight end, we can obviously t talk more about that. But, yeah, Julio and Calvin Ridley are two guys that should eat this year. Um, and then Todd Gurley, I mean, you don't, you don't know about the knee. You, you get conflicting reports. But still, he, he is the main guy back there. And if you're getting him in the third round as your RB2, I don't hate it. Because uh, we know what the upside is, but you have to. I don't. I would suggest don't get Clyde Edwards-Helaire and Todd Gurley because those are two guys that could be boomer bust for you. Uh, you need to be looking right. Yeah, yeah. Room. You don't want to put all your eggs in the basket. Those guys' basket, but yeah. Um, you wouldn't do Edwards-Helaire and Gurley <laughs> together, Phil. <laughs> I just think that 
Gurley, you don't know about his knee, and Edward Tolaire. At the end of the day, like you don't. Are you positive he's going to get you 15 touches a game? Right. Yeah, that's a full question mark. That's true. You are uh, not as certain with those. You guys. never know with a. You just never know with a rookie. It'd be, it's it's a. It, yeah. Gee, right? and you know, I'm a little bit more. When it comes to this, a little cautious, especially with my first round pick. I need to know that this guy is going to be what we hope he's going to be. And you don't fully know that, Edward Tillaire. I took Devontae Adams last year in the first round. We talk, You're talking about and asking about wide receivers. Um, yeah. He had the injury that he was dealing with as well. But when this guy was on the field, I mean, it was automatic that uh, Aaron Rodgers was looking his way. So I, I've got him – Oh, it was like it became like a safety blanket. Like he was looking there, getting it there. It didn't matter. You know? Like MVS, he he wasn't any special. Jerron Jackson. I mean, some of these <laughs> options that Aaron Rodgers has, you know, been given, um, just not very impressive outside of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. I don't get why they can't get him somebody. I mean, just no sense. I kept going back to the Jimmy Graham. Well, thinking that was yeah, going to click. He's done. Didn't really. Ever and we were talking yeah. about the Chargers offense. Keenan Allen right now is going as the 24th wide receiver, which is crazy. Oh, he's a stud when he's right. I mean, I think I would take him over A.J. Brown, personally. Um, oh, for sure. And, he's, yeah. and A.J. Brown's going as the 17th receiver. And, I, and we love D.K. Metcalf. We saw what he did in the playoffs. But we know that the Seahawks are going to run the ball. You still have Tyler Lockett there. So I think I would still take Keenan Allen over D.K. Metcalf as well. So what do you think the difference is between, like, say, your top three wide receivers, Michael Thomas, I guess Tyreek will be in there, Devontae, and, like, 10, 11, 12? Like, is it a huge gap, or is it – It's because it's a pretty robust amount of – I mean, there's a lot of good players out there. You can get Odell. You also had a big get, rookie class coming you in. You get Odell in what, the second too. or third round, right? Yeah, Odell right now is going in the third round, so – yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with what Just your draft position. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then Bill and I do. Go ahead, G. I was going to say, you and I do share the same kind of strategy, though, when it comes to rookies this year. We're a little bit worried about sort of how these guys have gotten acquainted. This is, there's no preseason games. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Um, you're only really dealing with, with because so, you know, I, I know I've touted CEH on this podcast, but that is come true, Phil, that some of these rookie, you know, players here might not be getting some of the target share. Um, and rookie target share a lot of times is, you don't see rookie wide receivers coming in and, you know, blowing up the league a lot of times anyway. So, um, no. we do kind of have to tread lightly there. But, but to answer your question about the 10, 11, 12 compared to 1, 2, and 3, yeah, I think a lot of times it is kind of a significant drop-off. Yeah, I mean, when, when you're talking about guys like Tyreek Hill who are total game breakers and then, you know, Phil, like in the 10, 11, 12 range, who are we talking about? Like guys like – Adam Thielen. Maybe yeah. Amari Cooper, somebody like that, maybe. I mean, yeah, Amari Cooper's up there. I trust um, those guys on like a week in, week out basis. So there is a significant difference. Yeah. They're kind of banger bust guys when you get down there, right? It seems where they're going to have a big game and they're going to have a nothing game where you get guys like Michael, Michael Thomas and those guys are always going to pretty much always going to produce over, over the season. Yeah, a thousand percent. And then like, um, like Cortland Sutton, I'm really high on him this year. I think that Denver offense is going to take a huge step. Um, yeah. yeah. With Drew Locke, I actually think Drew Locke's going to be a decent quarterback. So, 
Um, we know that they invested in the offense in the draft. They got Melvin Gordon. They still have Phil Lindsay around. So I like this Denver offense. Cortland Sutton, I think, is a uh, one of the young receivers that could take the next step. Um, if you're looking in, he's going as the 20th receiver in the NFFC. Mm-hmm. So I think that's about right. Um, and then I, obviously, I love Hollywood Brown. I think this guy is uncoverable. We saw him at Oklahoma. Like, no yeah. one could cover this guy. Last yeah. year, he was hurt with the foot. Um, so he, he claimed he was playing on one foot all year. And he, we saw that he, I mean, he had a decent rookie season. So I think that's another receiver that could take a huge step um, in year two. Yeah, durability is just going to be a problem with his size. But What about Lamar, number one? We haven't really talked about that. Yeah, I was going to say even that. I mean, you guys are in that region, too. And, like, the show he put on last year obviously didn't end the season the way he wanted. But do you think that offense comes right back? They're going to build, they're going to grow? Or is this a thing where NFL's had more time to unpack, look at tape, figure out schemes? Like, is that going to be an issue for, for the Ravens? So – Lamar said he wants to get better with the deep pass. I mean, that is his one area that he struggled last year. Um, I think that's where he can get better. I don't know if he's ever going to be the guy that can throw, you know, the 20-yard out. Um, But I don't think they build the offense around that. They build the offense with running, hitting the tight end in the middle of the field. And I think they can extend the field with just talking about with with Marquise Brown. So, obviously, I, I don't know if they're going to scale back a little bit with him rushing. I don't know if you can expect another 1,200 yards, but he's going to run just as much. And we'll see if uh, the, the, these teams can stop him. I think personally, and you see these players talk about it all the time, there's fast on tape and then there's fast in person, mm-hmm. and he's fast in person, and they just mm-hmm. they can't stop him with that. So I think the way Greg Roman is at the offense coordinator, his ability to create run plays um, is – I mean, he's one of the best in the football. So I think it's going to continue this season. But hopefully they do take the next step of, all right, let's extend, you know, let's throw the ball more downfield, which would benefit Hollywood Brown. Yeah. He's a huge key. I mean, he's his speed is outrageous. I mean, it's crazy to think Mark Andrews had this monster season last year and he played under 50% of the snaps. I mean. Uh, wow, that's a stat. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. But the problem is when he was on the field, you just knew they were going to throw the ball, but they couldn't stop it. So we'll see how it is this year. Uh, now to Hayden Hurst, talk about the Atlanta offense. I love this guy. All you got to do is watch that Buffalo game last year, mm-hmm. Ravens-Buffalo. He scored from like 50 yards out, mm-hmm. outran everybody. He's got Thank great you. hands. I mean, he was a stud at South Carolina. Um, so I think he's in for a monster season. Problem is a lot of people are on him. So he's getting drafted as a top 10 tight end. Um, yeah, I grabbed him in a dynasty league maybe last year, two years ago. And uh, I was kind of waiting for that breakout. But but I think it's a good environment for him to be in. Yeah, I mean, we saw what Austin Hooper's done over the last few years with the Falcons. And so it's going to be the same offense. And now Hurst is there and there's no one competing with him. So, yeah. Well, that fits cheese model, too, of another team, obviously, besides him as an addition. But a lot of those guys are coming back, right? It's, you know, that offense, uh, you know, largely returns they fought for uh dan quinn late in the year so i think they're they're, they're they should be a fun one to watch but that's a well, tough tight division. ends in general are just really grow like that's becoming a position that is a little more has a little more depth than years past i think don't you don't you agree it used to kind of be like four guys and then it was a big drop off yeah it's getting deeper i mean if you're we're talking about brock he's the 11th tight end um, yeah would you be scared to draft Gronk? would you be scared to draft gronk we already did in uh, Scott Fishbowl, and we waited on him. Yeah. Um, 
Got right. to the point where you got to the point where you just had to, right? Uh, was that what? Yeah. No, it was the dynasty league that we did that right. Not we're in too many teams together. I knew we drafted him, <laughs> but we got Hayden Hurst right before him. So yes, I agree with your point that um, you know I, I think it's a little bit better this year because last year like Darren Phils was coming in as like a tight end, like eleven at some points, and that guy like would have three receptions a game, and two of them would be touchdowns. So I think there's a bigger crop this year to work with the tight end. And uh, normally I would advocate going for one of the top ones, your Kelsey's of the world. Um, I think you can maybe wait and grab like a Mark Andrews, probably like tight end six, right, Phil, somewhere in that range. Yeah. So Andrews right now is the third tight end off the board. Um, wow. He's All going right. ahead of Ertz. I would probably take Ertz over Andrews. Um, now, obviously a lot of people think Goddard is going to get more um, – catches take away from Ertz but and then you got personally for me and she knows this this is my DFS tip on this my DFS life turned around when I just started paying up for tight end I we would always do our punt tight end of the week and sometimes they hit sometimes they win I mean a lot of times they win and then uh I finally just said I'm just paying for either you know Andrews Kittle Ertz right Kelsey Kelsey. it didn't matter and I'll figure out the rest and that started paying off. Now, the difference is when you're drafting for season long, now your whole roster is different because of the way running backs drop off and things like that. So I advocate if you're going to – I would go one of the top ten tight ends. Um, you don't need to get the Kelsey Kittle, Andrews, Ertz. So Waller, we saw he was fine last year. Ingram, mm-hmm. when he's healthy, she mentioned him. Hayden Hurst, we just talked about. Even Hickby. Hickby was one of the best players in all of football mm-hmm. the last few weeks of last season. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how good he played down the stretch. Hunter Henry, again, going back to Chargers offense that we all like. So Yeah, those, I kind of wonder about him. He's kind of a wild card this year. I don't, I yeah, just, he is. So, But those are the guys I'm probably targeting more in drafts because if you don't get one of them, then now you're starting to get the Noah Fance of the world and TJ Hawkinson. And then you're basically – you're basically you're going to punt. punt so you have to decide going in am i going to punt yeah. tight end or do i at least want one of the top yeah it's going to be a revolving door every week if you don't get one of those top six guys. they almost stream it yeah. Bill, yeah. we gotta we yeah. gotta mention the arizona cardinals as well um they run as long as we talk about their coach and his his that's house that's, all I want to talk about. that's the life <laughs> that is the life but listen, he's going to make life good for fantasy owners because they run so many mm-hmm. plays. That's the key to it is yeah. just their pace of play on offense. Speed. Um, Kyler, DeAndre Hopkins, and uh, Kenyon Drake is somebody I'm very – Yeah, we didn't even mention Hopkins and wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah, Hopkins. You know, it's it's one of those things that I'm a little hesitant sometimes, the new connection with a quarterback. Like, how will their rapport be? We don't know exactly. We really haven't gotten any indication of it yet outside of training camp reports. But um, Kenyon Drake is the guy in that offense that I want the number one piece of. His second half to last year was so phenomenal, and I don't see that slowing down. They And, and the, you know, his backup, uh, Chase Edmonds, too, you got a handcuff because he's also a good player and uh, somebody who I think is going to touch, touch the ball as well. I, w- I wasn't really fired up till football till right like right, right now. By the way, <laughs> like coming, <laughs> it just happened. I'm so baseball mode right now, but it is like yeah. kind of all coming to me. It feels well, yeah. It's not even just the baseball, right? I, I know we're we're all obviously pretty focused on that, but then you throw in the NHL and the NBA playoffs still going on, and that's it's a this is completely. New How'd territory. you do in KBO? By the way. We all did pretty well. I mean, Pun's got a nice little system going. He could probably speak to the. Uh, he had a, he was running a little chase model in there. Yeah, we're it's it's crushing. I mean, it's just 
with 12 teams, it's a lot easier to, to figure out. Uh, yeah. over, you know, over a long It was a little tough to get data at first, uh, which is always an uphill battle. But once the season got going, um, you know, like you said, with those 12 teams, you just have, you know, six games during a series period. And, and you the, underrated, the underrated part of KBO is not being able to watch it or follow it. You just yeah. place your bets and wake up. Like, you don't stress <laughs> out about it. You don't have any preconceived notion because you don't know anything about it. You don't know the players. You're just looking yeah. at numbers and you bet numbers. And sometimes that helps because you get your, your head out of it. You're like, well, I don't want to bet against this guy. He's really yeah. good. Or, you know, vice versa. So um, that's been nice. But, um, man. So, Me with Juan Marquez in Major League Baseball, I would never bet against him. I think he's uh, such a great <laughs> he's a, pitcher. He's a road goat. Even when he gets along. <laughs> no, I hear you. My two GPP wins uh, that I've had in baseball this year. I woke up to them. I did not stay up and sweat it. Um, I don't even know why I enjoy the sweat, but I usually, do. Playing, I usually do too. The thing about playing tournaments and Phil, you, you, you might agree with this. Um, I'm only really a tournament player on DraftKings and it's, it's a maddening life. You lose more than you win. No mm -hmm. doubt. There are, there are many more, more nights I'm going to bed. I'm like, shit, I'm not winning tonight, you know, I'm losing this money. And, uh, but the big wins, they, they feel good. So. Love so, it. quick question. As somebody that dabbles in DraftKings and just kind of plays it amateurly, you know, just tosses some lineups together if I'm, I'm bored, is there a certain size tournament you guys target? Like, like do you go to, like, the 100,000 players or do you go to 10,000 players? Is there a certain, I guess, size tournament that you feel like you have a better – chance of winning it or is it all just averages and it, it works out the same either way you take this one phil so i would recommend just doing single entries yes um, and then okay there's another reason i love DraftKings too because they have so many different entry contests that you could do so i personally recommend i swear by this i love the 10-man contest um you can win a you can win a good amount of money. I mean, you know, if you put five bucks, first place is like twenty five bucks, which is fine. Mm -hmm. um, and you have a all you need to do is finish in the top three. Like I'm confident I could beat seven other people, or at least finish you know consistently, and then nine other people, you know, a lot of the times. Right. So I would say the smaller the contest, hundred okay. people max tournaments. Yeah. If you're just starting out in single entry, is the way I would go. Um, and they have those contests. They have the 100-man contests that you can easily sign up for. Um, and then once you start getting better, then you can start getting into the three-entry max is another good one if you're starting out. Because then that way you could technically have three different lineups if you wanted to. So but guys like you would take, would, would take one line and stack, a, stack it up, right? Is that, is that the strategy? So I'm a, I'm a big one-lineup guy. Chi is a multi-guy. <laughs> I like it much. Yeah. So that's that, and I'm a cash game player where Chi is a tournament player. That's why we kind of okay. mesh together with this because my brain works with all right, who is has the highest floor? Where Chi's brain works, where all right, who has the highest ceiling? So, and then we come together and kind of make a lineup that way sometimes when we do lineups together. So, I think that's the mindset you have to have if you're just you know if you're starting out. All right, cash game. How can I get a guy that just does well enough? Where if you're doing GPPs. I need someone who does better than everyone. And you have like, to be on – you have to be afraid to 
not play Christian McCaffrey against the 31st ranked run defense in the league because 70% of the field is going to be on that. And if he busts, it's football, people get hurt. Um, you are just ahead of the field that much more. So if you're playing in big size tournaments and for football, you are going to get your 10,000, 20,000 man contests. How risk averse are you? How crazy are you? Um, it's not about like who are like probably the best lineup is. It's just like who is who are players that people are not going to think of that can have two touchdown upside. You need two touchdowns from these guys to win these GPPs basically, or two, at least two touchdown upside. So yeah. think of it that way. So that, that usage data almost comes more into play in the larger tournaments where you're really oh. trying to think not just about scoring, but also I can't just be on Joe public here, yeah. right? I can't be on the best matchup because everyone's going to play that lineup or that mix. So that guy. Again. Thing too, right? You don't want 70% of the public on a, on a side. Something ain't right there. Vegas don't lose like that. Right. But yeah, then the other point. thing for cash games is you do want to be on him because if he does go off and 70%, like say you're in a, you know, a 10 man 50, 50, if 70% has Chris McCaffrey and he goes off and you don't have him, cause yeah, you're screwed. You're done. You're not going to come in the top 50. So sometimes you know, cash games, you eat the chalk, right? Tournaments, you stay away from the chalk. Yeah, I guess so double, so double ups on 50, 50s is what you mean by cash, right? Yes. Yep. 50, 50. And then, yeah. And double ups. Um, I prefer 50-50, especially football, because okay. there is so much variance that happens. I, I want to at least have a shot at finishing the top 50%. I think double ups are like 40%. Obviously, you know, if you do $5 in a 50-50, you're only getting nine, uh, what, I think it's nine bucks. Where yeah. double up, you're getting a 10. So, so, take a, so take a chance in the tournaments and play it a little safer in, in the cash games. Correct. Okay. I love sense. it. Um, yeah. What do you think about defenses? I mean, is, is defenses something you think about or is it just a throw in with the dollars you have at the end? Um, I mean, last year, Chi and I always picked on James Winston. So, yeah. you know, if you're going against the Bucks, yeah, he may throw he a lot of picks. But you know, you have a 30. shot to get four. 30 30. So, I mean, a lot – it all depends week to week. Like, you don't really have – even though I went back, you know, I said earlier about tight ends. I mean, every week is different. That's why I love this. So, you know, yeah. some weeks you want to pay up for defense when you know they're playing, you know, awful quarterback. Uh, other weeks you just punt because you want to get more of the studs in. So, yeah, it, it, it depends hard. each week. It is hard. I just, I just find myself doing the lineups, and probably everybody else does too. And at tight end defense, you're always kind of like – they're the last to, two you fill in, correct? You're trying to fit somebody in, right? And you're like, maybe you got to work Maybe backwards. you, you got to start yes. the other way. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> and then I, then I end up changing it. And be like, I don't want this guy. Why am I spending? Why am I spending all this money on the on this, I need more the Colts defense or whatever the hell it is, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, this is going to be an interesting, really interesting year, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I don't think is there one. You think there's going to be one Joe Burrow's? He's going to be the only rookie starting quarterback. Gee, you could talk about two if you want. Uh, two. Probably ah, to two, start. What, what about two and Herbert? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Is two at number one on the depth chart? I think chart? there is a much better chance of two is starting. I think it's almost definite that he starts, whereas in okay. L.A., um, I, I don't know that Herbert is immediately inserted as a starting quarterback. Yeah, I don't And do I don't even have any insight on that. That's just, like, what I, what I think personally. Mm -hmm. I think Tyrod is going to get a, a chance to start there. Um, 
unless Herbert absolutely wows. I mean, we know how this goes anyway, right, guys? If Tyrod doesn't start off basically 4 0, he's going to be, get, you know, is this like his Baker, last game? It's like the Baker Mayfield thing when Tyrod was over there. Yep. I can't remember if Tyrod got hurt or not or if he just yeah, got pulled. I, I like think he got hurt. But like yeah. Um, kind of the inevitable. I'm glad you mentioned the Colts. Because I think there is not a team less talked about in fantasy than the Colts now. I mean, with Phillip Rivers, there's just really no sort of excitement there. At least, I mean, at least I feel like there isn't um, in terms of their offense. Like, even Jonathan Taylor, Mar- Marlon Mack, it's like, where do you even go there? You got Naheem Hines, which we know Phillip Rivers loves thrown to the running back. That's a tough one to figure out. Um, to, like, it, T.Y. is great. It's interesting because you take it out of fantasy and they're obviously the favorites in the AFC South. You know, they're a veteran team that's been put together. The roster is pretty deep. You know, they went after offense in the draft too, but it, it's funny that it doesn't scream, you know, well, fantasy greatness, really, but, but they, they should be a pretty really good. good. Yeah. I, I'm already on their team total over. I think it was eight and a half or nine. I can't remember. Inch? Nine and a half. Yeah. Maybe. But I'm gonna. We'll be watching Philip Rivers throwing fourth quarter interception with two minutes left. Yeah, we're gonna see if it's Philip Rivers or the team. What yeah. you know? Who yeah? Who who right. dictates right. the fourth quarter comeback um, scenarios? That goes back to when we were talking about running backs. I mean, you le- legitimately have three running backs that could each depend on what the game flow is. And again, going back with Chi, I mean, you don't know what these rookies are doing. They're, we can't watch preseason. These beat writers are not allowed to report um, who's getting first-team snaps and things like that. So it's a tough read this year. So week one is going to be insane, which, uh, you know, if you do have an edge, maybe that's the week you went on the money. Who knows? Haven't even talked about the Patriots. Well, I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love Cam Newton as a huge value quarterback this year. I mean – I'm a big cam guy. I'm biased. Do you think he's going to run more? I don't know if he's going to run as much as he was in his prime. I don't think he can physically probably as much. I just think they're going to dial up some stuff for him a little bit. You know Belichick's going to get creative. He's been waiting to well, take we'll out see. his I new mean, Everybody toy. says he will. We'll see if he does. That's what's going to be interesting yeah. about this. Is he has kind of a totally different style of quarterback than he's ever had. James White will always give you value. He's always going to catch the ball. They're always going to have a plan for him. Um, even though the, the Patriots running back sometimes can rotate and shuffle and Sonny Michelle can have some serious dud games, James White is uh, somebody that you, you, you don't have to spend high draft capital on, and he'll produce for you. And the same can be said about Julian Edelman as well. So um, yeah. I, I don't think those guys take any sort of a major dip from, uh, from last year and where they were being drafted. Well, before we sign out, we're going to make sure we uh, send everyone over to you guys for week one to, you know, wade through that muddy mess of what, what the season's going to look like. And you can give them those winners, you know, Sunday morning, week one. So where can they find you guys on, on Twitter, online? Give a little bros and football plug. Uh, well, tomorrow night you can find us at um, Rye Street Tavern in Baltimore <laughs> talking about of the season there. Um, but uh, on social media, and we're going to be having quite a few of those high noons, maybe. I don't, I don't know what yes. it's going to be. So what are we going to be drinking tomorrow night? It could get crazy. could go Captain Coke. We'll see what happens. <laughs> well, Rye Street, I mean, Rye Street, you got to get some. Get, you got to go Rye, Rye whiskey, whiskey, right? We might be doing whiskey, G. Yeah. Ooh, okay. But we are uh, 
at the Big Cheese Show on Twitter, at Phil Backer on Twitter. You type in Bros and Football on Twitter, you'll see some of our past work. We appreciate you checking us out, and uh, we'll help you win some money. We will do our best, at least. We definitely will. I love it. Well, we'll definitely get you guys back here. Thanks for tuning into the episode. We'll be back in a week. Find these guys online. They're the best at what they do. Thanks, fellas. Enjoyed it.